Inside the Ring is sponsored by Egg Weights, Liquid IV, and Goalie. Hey everyone, so today on Inside the Ring, we have Puerto Rican-born, New York-raised professional boxer that was dubbed a 13-year-old boxing prodigy in 2011 by the New York Daily News and has continued to gain more and more notoriety with each win. He is now signed to top rank and professionally named The Prodigy. And now, with a professional record of 18 wins, one loss, zero draws, nine by way of knockout at the age of 22, Welcome to the show, Jose Vargas. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I always love to start with the question, when did you put on your first pair of gloves and why? Um, I started I started boxing at the age of nine. It was, uh, I, I, I live in the, in the Bronx, so they do a Columbus Day Parade every single year. And um, they'd be having, like, the baseball team march, boxing team march. So me and my mom, we was in the sidewalk, and we was watching the boxing team march. And I'm like, that looks pretty cool. I want to I wanna, I wanna do boxing. I want to try it. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I showed up to the boxing gym, which was, like, two minutes, two minute walk from where I used to live at. And I joined the gym, and from there on, I was, I never stopped. I was going every day consistently. That's why I tell you about being consistent. <laughs> so I was, I was I was going every day and I got good. I got great. And, and the train the trainers was telling me that I'm a natural fighter. Like I'm a natural boxer. Like I could be somebody. And that's what made me keep going and, and being hungry and, and and just uh getting better and and learning from everybody, you know? Yeah. And when was that? Do you have like a specific moment in time in your amateur boxing career where you realized that you want to go pro? Yeah, I actually wanted to go pro once my brother went pro because I have one. I have one of my brothers that um used to box. He's a trainer now because mm-hmm. his professional career didn't go good. But he turned professional at 18 and I was about 13, 14 years old. And every time I went to his fight, to his pro fights, I would scream my lungs out, like, throw motherfucking punches. Like, let your hands go. You could beat this guy. I wish I could get in the ring right now and, and, and beat this guy for you because I know I could beat him. And I was only 13, 14 years old saying that. Mm-hmm. And once I hit 17, Mayweather reached out to me, and that's how I ended up being a professional boxer because I signed a contract with him. And that's that's how my, my career started, my professional career started. Um, I'm going to talk about this a little later with you, but you fought during this pandemic. How is it not really having an audience at some of your fights, or at least a limited amount of people at your fights? Do you feel like the energy is any less? Well, you know, when, when, I, when I fight, I always, I always do what I got to do. You know, that doesn't stop me because I'm in a fight at the end of the day. It's one-on-one, and, 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 and I got to come out victorious, right? But... It did, it did feel weird when um when I had my first fight in June during the pandemic and I ain't seen like no crowd there. I'm like, damn. But I I put in my head that I'm on TV on ESPN and people's watching me, like my family, my supporters. So I had to put on the show regardless, you know? Yeah. And when I was in the ring, I was like, I'm hearing my family screaming. Like, so that that gave me a little bit. Uh, motivation and energy to keep going and come out victorious. So your family is one of your motivations when you're in the ring. As you were transitioning from amateur to pro, um, are there any professional boxers that inspired you and your style of boxing? Yeah. When I started boxing, I was looking at um, Miguel Cora a lot. Mm-hmm. The first fight that I saw was 
actually Cota versus Pacquiao. And I was that was like one of my favorite boxers. I was I I liked his style. And then when Pacquiao beat him, it's like I'm like, damn, Pacquiao's really good and he's southpaw like me. So I kept I was watching both of them growing up, Pacquiao and Cota, Pacquiao and Cota. And that's how that's how I took some of their style, you know, and put it in my own style. Well, speaking of you being Southpaw, another thing I wanted to talk about later was I feel like are you like are you naturally left-handed? Because when I've watched some of your highlight clips, your jab is a lot more destructive than I think the people that you're fighting against realize until they get hit with one. They're like, okay, I did not expect that type of power from just a jab. So are you naturally a lefty or how did you acquire that power as a southpaw? Yeah, that's something that that's something that people don't bring up sometimes. I am a righty. Like, I write with my right. I do everything with my right. I eat with my right. But the only thing is that I can't fight righty. Like, I used to play baseball. I used to play baseball. I used to throw with my right. I used to bat righty and everything. But when it came to fighting, um, the guy that started me, which is Victor Pena, he was like, how you feel comfortable? Southpaw righty. I told him, Southpaw, I can't fight right. It felt weird, felt awkward. So I just stood lefty. And that's how I just, just started fighting, just Southpaw. But you are right. My jab is very strong. My hook is very strong with the right hand. So I got advantage, you know? Same, point, same thing with Cotto. He's a Southpaw, but he fights righty. I mean, he does switches in a lot of fights. That's something I want to learn to switch. Because that give a, 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 a fighter a lot of problems. Like Jerome Ennis, somebody that they don't talk about. He switches. He's a great fighter when he switches. Yeah. Especially when he gets southpaw, he's a problem. He's so smooth with it, too. Like, at first, like, you yeah. see him fight, and the next thing you're like, did he just switch up on us? I don't even realize. And, and he's, he, you can't even notice when he switches because he just do it so fast. It's like, it's crazy. But that's something I want to learn, and that's something I got to work on, fighting righty. Well, you definitely have a long career ahead of you, so we'll be on the look. Yeah, for sure. I'm only, I'm only 22. I'm only 22, so... Exactly. By time, yeah, by the time I hit 28, 27, shit, I'm going to be more of a problem mm-hmm. than I am now. Yeah, 2021, 2022, it's just the beginning, so... Um, in another interview I saw you do, um, at one point you said that you could see yourself leaving the Bronx... Um, in a few years. Do you still see that happening since you had that interview? And if you could see yourself moving out of the Bronx, where do you see yourself? Well, yeah, I that. Um, which one was it? It was like a documentary sort of thing. And you were like... Okay. Yeah, because I did. I, I had an interview yesterday and I did uh, say that uh, yesterday too. Oh, really? I was, yeah. I'm actually right now in Orlando. I live in the Bronx, but I've been over here already straight for four months. Oh, really? Since, like training yeah. or just you're living here now? Training and and mainly training, but I'm trying to look for a place out here in okay. the summertime, maybe. So um, you've also talked about how boxing has helped you stay off the street, has helped kind of pretty much shape you into the man that you are today. Uh, do you have any advice for those that may be fans, fans of yours that have found themselves not in the most ideal situations where they live? Um, maybe something that you've heard throughout your boxing career that stuck with you and has motivated you? Maybe any words of advice? Well, the most the, the most message I get on 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 Instagram on DM, the fame the is is a question that everybody asks me. Is it too late to start boxing? 
It all depends because everybody want to be a boxer, right? But it takes um, discipline and, and, and hard work and, and dedication and sacrificing. The question is, are you willing to do that, you know? Are you willing to put put effort and in, in, in be able to go to the gym every day and, and go jogging and, and learn from others? And, and you know, mm-hmm. you got to be open-minded to be in this sport. So my best advice to, to everybody out there, just um, do what you love to do and go chase your dream. It's not too late for anything. It's never too late. I got that from Turn Farmer. It's never too late. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's something... Yeah, if you want, if you want to, if you want to be a baseball player, if you want to be a cop, you got to go chase your dream. That's something I did since I was nine years old. So, ain't no stopping from here, right? I'm already on my way to the top. So, I love that you know, advice because I do feel like people always talk about that, saying that you know, boxing, you're like you're at your prime at a certain age, and then after that, it's over. And but I feel like it's it's there's, a there's, there's, there's people that there's people that. Let's say, for example, if I if I was if I was never boxing, right, mm-hmm. and I'm 22 now. Let's say, for example, I start I start the gym tomorrow, and they see I have skills and talent. They tell me that. Best believe that I'm gonna go every day to the gym and put and and put in the hard work. See how far can I get? You know, you yeah. never know. You just never know. You just gotta go try and and, and be the best and believe yeah. in yourself. You gotta believe in your work. For sure. And I also think, too, especially with boxing, that having a supportive and positive team around you is a huge benefit. And it seems like a lot of your team is your family as well. So they just want the best for you as well. Um, yeah, especially, especially, my, especially my, fa- my father. Like, he's my he's my trainer, right? He's my main coach. And this guy, he he's a nervous wreck. Yeah. <laughs> he always, he always wants me... You know, he always wanted me to do the right thing. He wanted me to be perfect, but we not perfect. So it's like sometimes we we argue and in, 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 in get in between because of that. He wanted me to be perfect. And I understand because, you know, we always can learn every day something new. To be honest, he's my dad and everything. He's way older than me, but I do give him advice sometimes, even though he don't listen to me. But, you know... <laughs> I mean, advice is advice, and we all go through different yeah. experiences at different ages, and yeah. Exactly. So you've been given the nickname the Prodigy, and given that type of name, you immediately deal with pressure from the boxing community, right? So, what does it take to live up to that name? I see you work out like six times a week. How do you manage to work out as much as you do and not burn yourself out? Well, I work out Monday through, Monday through Saturday, right? And there's, of course, there's times that you got to listen to your body. So there's times that, let's say, on, let's say I'm working hard Monday, let's say I'm working hard um, for three weeks straight without taking no rest besides Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then let's say a Wednesday come, I listen to my body. If I feel like I'm doing so much hard work and I got to take a rest, then it's important to, to take a rest. So there's days that I'll be like, it's Wednesday. I don't want to go to the gym today because my body's tired. So I take I take a day off and, and do recovery. It's important to do recovery too. You know, sometimes I train three times a day. Yeah. Wow. Like, like, like today I ran for an hour. That's all I did. It's Friday, right? It's Friday. Yeah. I ran for an hour. I did not go to the gym or nothing. Mm-hmm. I ran for an hour and then recovery. So... When I listen, when 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 my body tells me, oh, go take a rest or go for a jog, don't hit the gym today, I do that, you know? 
And does that? I'm in, shape. I'm in shape. It's been eight weeks. Like, come on, the fight is around the corner next week. I just what I gotta do is stay stay on weight and stay disciplined. That's it. So this, so because your fight's next week. This week, did you do any sparring, or you just took it easy? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually did two sparrings. It was on Tuesday that I went hard, uh-huh. and then my sparring was yesterday. Which was like I call him like my little brother Elijah. He's only seventeen, so I went late. You know, I had a late sparring yesterday, six rounds. Okay. And that was my last sparring. So now tomorrow I'm back in the gym. Mm-hmm. Sunday rest. Monday back in the gym. Mm. Onto the weigh-in, because you know you got like I said, you got to be in weight, so you got to be in the gym. Now going yeah. off of your discipline of working out. Is that the same in regards to your diet? Is there anything you could tell us about the type of diet that you're normally on or specifically what you go on during your fight camp? Is there any difference between the two? Well, when I'm when I'm not in training camp, I'm a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fat ass. I eat everything, everything. At three in the morning, I'll be having McDonald's. Uh, not all of them. I'm <laughs> but you know what I mean. But um, nah, but during during training camp. Um, of course I have a diet and I'm disciplined to it. So like, it would be like, uh, a chicken salad or salmon meal prep. I do a lot of meal preps. I eat my breakfast in the morning. Okay. You're a big breakfast eater? Doing training camp? Yes. When I'm not in training camp, no. (laughs) For this training camp, I did a lot of, uh, juicing. So like kale, uh, spinach, celery and all that mixed up, you know? What made you? What made you do some juicing during this fight camp? Um, it just came to my head. Yeah, that's that's what's good about me. Every training camp is something different. It's nothing the same, you know. Because then I get bored. You get bored when you yeah. do the same thing, or eat the same thing, or train, or, or or do the same workout. You know, you gotta you gotta be creative at times. You gotta have fun too when you're training. So a lot of people's boxing careers were at a, unfortunately at a standstill in 2020, but you managed to get in two fights, both wins by unanimous decision. So how did you manage to train in the middle of a pandemic? Was it the same for the most part, or did you have to make a lot of changes in your fight camps? In the, in the beginning, it was, it was tough. I was, I, was, I was depressed because I didn't get to fight when I, when I was supposed to fight March 17th. That's when it really happened, the MSG. I was supposed to fight there, so I was depressed, so... All the gyms closed, obviously, at that time. And, like, I, I didn't work out for, like, three weeks. So I found, uh, like, a little um, garage with a heavy bag and a doubling bag and, 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 and doing mitts with my dad in there. And once I did that for, like, three, three weeks to a month, I came to Florida. They have a private gym in Florida. That's when, yeah, that's when I came to Florida. Oh. And... And they have they had a private gym for the pros, so meaning like we could have worked out there during that pandemic. So that's what I did, and that's how I got ready for June and October. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so to be honest, to be honest, there was never a problem with training or nothing during that pandemic. You know, you know, you if when you when you're a professional athlete, you got to train anywhere and any everywhere. You know, at all times, and and, and make sure you you make something out of it. Yeah, you just make it work however you can. Make it work. Like, even those that couldn't find a gym, you shouldn't have no excuse because outside, you could run. You could do mitts outside. You could do whatever. You know, you got, like I said, you got to be creative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, 
when you finally got in the ring, when you're walking out, you see that ring, you see your opponent, what are the initial emotions or thoughts or feelings that come to your head? And how are you able to detach your emotions from the fight? Well, I just be focused. When I'm coming out, I just be focused on, on beating him up. <laughs> like, I'm going to get to the ring, focus, and, and it's fight time. That's it. Just just focus on the fighter and not focus on, on, on other things. As you were, as an amateur, transitioning into pros, has your fighting style changed over the years? Or have you kind of kept yeah. the same kind of fighting style? Yeah, for sure. Like, like back in the amateurs, um, I had like a... I had this style, like like I said, I used to watch a lot of many packouts. So I had this style that I used to jump back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch my amateur fights on YouTube, you you would talk, you could, you can see what I'm talking about. And that changed. Once I turned professional, um, I learned to set up my shots more and be more relaxed and 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 not rushing anything because now I'm a ten round fighter, about to be twelve round fighter. So you got 10, 12 rounds. Take your time, be patient, and, and just be smart in there. A lot of people don't know, but the, the later rounds get, the more rounds I have, the more comfortable I get. So that, that that's the that's the dangerous in me, you know? Like I start off slow, and then the later round, I just start picking it up. I go from here to like sky high. Like what like that was the second air or something. So that's like the 13 years of just learning yourself and learning how to pace yourself and Giving yourself those first few rounds to figure out your other opponent. That's smart. Yeah. It's core cool experience. Just having an experience, you know? So I want to bring you back to that fight with Salvatore back in July of 2020. Yes. Salvatore Bresenio, yeah. Yeah. So you may have won the fight, but you did lose a couple of teeth. <laughs> um, did you realize what had happened? In, oh, by the way, your teeth look great now. Just saying. They look awesome. Um, did yeah. you realize what had happened in that moment, or did like adrenaline just kick in and it wasn't until after the fight that you noticed? I noticed. I noticed once he knocked him down. I'm like, fuck. And then I went to the and then I went to the corner. I'm like, damn, this happened. It happened like in the fifth, sixth round, and it was a ten round fight. So I'm like, damn, I have an extra four rounds to go. And I was just thinking about how ugly I was gonna look. <laughs> after finishing the fight. <laughs> Look, it happened because it didn't happen because he had power or it didn't happen because he knocked it down because, I mean, he did call me with a good shot. It was on, on, on right on my mouth, right on the mouthpiece. But a lot of people don't know. Like I said, after the fight on ESPN, I said that um I had temporary tooth on. Mm-hmm. Temporary teeth on. So, and everything happened because... um. My sister knocked my tooth out, my real tooth out, when I was 16 years old. Ah, so a lot of people don't know the story behind it, but that's 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 already that's already the past. It happened, you know. It, it shit happened. You in this? I'm in the sport for a reason, you know. I, I get you're gonna get scars regardless, and, and you're gonna go through tough tough times, and it's just part of the sport. That's it. Well, I think for you, it was it was a test to be like, all right, this happened. How am I going to overcome that? And how am I going to finish this fight strong? So, uh, exactly. yeah, you did a phenomenal job. To be honest, the dude, I had to do frustrated the whole 10 rounds, basically. Mm-hmm. He didn't know yeah. what to do. Do you, when you get in the ring, is one of your tactics to try to frustrate the other fighter and get them emotional so you can break them down? Exactly. Like you said, breaking them down. And that's something I do in the later rounds. Because I'm, like I said, I'm smart. So 
I outsmart you. So it, there's there's not a fighter yet that I have fought that was smarter than me. And I know that. And how I know that? Because when I'm in the ring with them, I can see they frustrated. They do these sounds like, like they was kids. Like, damn, I can't hit them. Fuck. <laughs> my, last, my last fight, in the seventh round, the, the, the guy went like this. Like, he got angry because he couldn't keep up with me. The speed, the footwork, and... And everything that I have, you know, it's like the whole package. So let's talk about your upcoming fight against Willie Shaw, who is 13 and 2. So this is going to be, like you said, a 10 round junior welterweight bout happening on Saturday, April 24th at the sold out Silver Spurs Arena in Kissimmee, Florida. So I know you weren't born or raised in Florida, but does holding this fight in this part of Florida hold any significance to you? Um, I have fought in Orlando before, but I never fought in Kissimmee. And, you know, that's where that's where um, boxing is big at, in Kissimmee. A lot of Puerto Ricans there. Um, it's going to be a lot of supporters there. It's going to be a Puerto Rican. Basically, like, it's going to be like a, a, a Puerto Rican day parade for us because we all Puerto Rican on the card. Hey, it's, it's time to perform in front of everybody, man. And and people that, that haven't seen me on, like, live, like, fighting live at the venue, they're going to see what I'm really about, you know, it's going to, you know, those punches going to be so fast and, and lightning is, is crazy. I can't well, wait for that moment. You have, you do a great job of like changing your levels, getting on the inside and not always being a headhunter, which I think a lot of boxing enthusiasts appreciate. Um, can you talk a little bit about your strategy going into this fight? Will it be different than any of your other fights? I think I'm going to push him back this fight. I think I'm gonna apply pressure and um walk him down smartly and um break him down and, and eventually get the stoppage in the late rounds, hopefully, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not going there for the knockout or thinking I'm gonna knock him out in one round. No. It's not gonna be like that. I'm gonna apply pressure smartly, like I said, and and get to him. Okay. He's taller than me. I think I believe he's like two inches taller than me or whatever. So I'm going to just get in the inside and, and, and just be him in the inside. Awesome. Um, if Willie Shaw happens to see this interview before the big night, do you have any final words for him? Be ready because you never been in the ring with somebody like me, boy. You only got 15 fights. Um, not, to, not to downplay you or anything like that, but I got too much experience, you know? For anybody, any, for any of those fighters that you have for in, in, um, as a professional, you know, he lost to a guy 7-0 and, and he lost to a guy 11-8. and eight, So, yeah, just be ready for Saturday. So, before we get into our final game, I wanted to ask you about the main card on April 24th, Navarrete versus Christopher Diaz, which is for the WBO featherweight world title. Who do you got and why? That's going to be a great fight. That's going to be a great fight. Um, we, uh, Diaz is, is, is like uh, my buddy, you know, I did training camp for, uh, with him for this fight. We were training together and pushing each other to the next limit. I even got in there with him for like two, three rounds sparring. Um, I want him to win. I want him to get that word title. He needs it, you know. For his, he want to he wanna do it for his family and for his daughters. He got three daughters. He got two twins, two beautiful twins. So I I, I, know, I don't have kids yet, but I, like, I, can, I know that feeling. Because my father, he was always there for me for my whole career and still is. So I know that feeling. 
And that that would change his life, man. Like I just I just really want him to win, and he's hungry for it. So the best the best man will win that night. You know, they just gotta he just gotta be hungry and and and, and come out victorious and be smart. Well, I think that like Navarrete has like a fantastic jab, right? And I think no, Navarrete is awkward, tall, long arms for his weight class. He got the advantage on that. Yeah, I don't think he got no. I don't think he got speed. Um, I don't think he got power either. But he know how to place a shot. That's the difference. Mm. I think Chris Diaz needs to focus on working on the inside if he wants and to get on the body. Get in the yes. body. Definitely, thousand percent. Yeah, because the guy is Mexican. You're gonna hit him in the face, and he's gonna eat those. Mm. You gotta break him down in the body first, and then start headhunting. Well, you gotta get to him first. You know. Thousand percent. This is going to be an intense fight, like you said, like you noted, between Mexican and a Puerto Rican fighter. Um, yeah. As we've seen, some of the best, the best have come out of Mexico and Puerto Rico. Uh, they fight with like such heart and passion, both of them. But what do you think, as a fellow Puerto Rican, what do you think difference, differentiates these two type of fighters? Like, what do you think is different from a Puerto Rican fighter and how they and like the style and a Mexican style fighter? Well, a lot of a lot of me- it's, it's not really a big difference, to be honest. Yeah. Like, a lot, of, a lot of Mexicans like going to war and Puerto Rican as well. Me, I'm not that type of fighter. Like, if, you're, if I'm fighting a warrior, I'm going to beat you on the outside, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm smarter than that. But there's a lot of Puerto Rican fighters that go toe-to-toe with a guy, with a Mexican guy that likes being on the inside. And that, that doesn't work for a lot of us. Because, to be honest with you, like, a lot of Mexicans got better chin than Puerto Rican fighters. Mm-hmm. We have seen that already. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. um, Mexicans get hit hard. They, get hit, they can get hit with a brick, and they still don't go down. I mean, look at that Chocolatito versus Estrada fight. Like, that was exactly. wild. It's crazy. But, so, um, um, it's going to be a war, though. It's going to be a war for sure. I can't wait to see that after I get the victory. I'm going to sit down and be rooting for my, my teammate Diaz and, and hopefully he get the victory and come out uh, becoming a world champion because, that's, like I said, it's gonna, that's going to change his life. This is the game we're going to play. Uh, it is called Unboxing the Boxer. And so I'm just going to ask you a bunch of random questions and you just have to answer them off the top of your head. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you weren't a pro fighter, what could you picture yourself doing? If I wasn't a pro fighter? Mm-hmm. I'll be probably a cop. Favorite food? I eat anything. You talk, I'm talking about seafood to Jamaican food to oxtail to crab legs to rice and beans. Anything. I eat anything. What do you plan on eating after this fight? Pasta. Favorite movie? South Pole. What is your biggest fear? Going in water. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Um, your favorite boxer of all time besides yourself? Can I say a couple? Of course, yeah. Go for it. Miguel Cotto, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Tyson Fury, um, Triple G. Yeah. I got some other names, but I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it right there. Do you think Canal and Triple G should have that trilogy? That what? 
That third fight? Yeah. Nah, because they're just going to give it to... They're just going to keep giving it to Canelo. Oh, yeah. It's like favoritism in this sport, you know? And that's not fair, so... Just, just leave it at that. That's it. Yeah, people are still going to watch it, but like you said. Yeah, of course, but you already know who's going to win. Like the first fight, the first fight, Triple G really won and they gave it a draw. I was, I was pissed. I was mad. Yeah, but that was, but that was the one judge and her score was just ludicrous. That was... Yeah, that like, was like, like, I, li- I like Canelo and everything. He's, he's, to be honest, he's a beast. He's a monster. Yeah. But when it comes to like to to see who really won the fight, you you can say Triple G. Okay, yeah, I I thousand percent agree with that. Um, what is your favorite holiday? Um, I don't really have one. Maybe Turk. Um, not I said Turkey. Did you say Turkey Day? <laughs> Maybe Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. Um, things that annoy you the most. Uh, people that talk a lot. <laughs> Favorite animal? Favorite animal? Um, horses, dogs, dog, horses. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I like horses a lot though. If you could pick a country to visit next, what would it be? It's soon gonna be... It's a couple. But, um... Like uh, like Italy, mm-hmm. like um, like like foreign countries like that. What was your first job ever? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because a lot of people don't be asking me that question. But it was this place called Maestro's, like a catering place. Mm-hmm. I had to wear like a button down, and and um, be like a waiter type, you know. Okay. I, I did that. 16, I did that sixteen, but it it lasts for like two months, and then that's it. And then I turn pro. What is if you have a middle name? What is it? Bebe. <laughs> yeah, but you be asking me questions that people don't be asking me. They, and I feel like that's <laughs> a lot personal because a lot of people don't know. It's pretty cool how you asking me questions that people don't ask me. You know. Final question: Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, living good, world champion for sure. Um, defending my title several times, and and, and being healthy like always, and, and just enjoying life and 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 having fun, like I said, and just maybe having two mansions, three mansions, who knows. But I'm gonna make smart investments. That's for sure. I I just can't wait for that moment. I can't wait for that big paycheck. But I want to give a special shout out to um my manager Richard Roman, my advisor on Maori. Um, shout out to Caribe Royal Orlando. That's where I've been staying at. You know, shout out to my family for supporting supporting me always. Shout out to all my supporters that been watching me and paying attention to me. And I'll keep fighting for y'all and just keep giving y'all a great show and and. and just keep watching me. And if you're not watching me, make sure you're watching me now because sooner or later, I'm going to just be world champ. And that's, that's going to come anytime soon. Awesome. And uh, is there any social media pages that we can follow your career at? You can, fo- you can follow me on MySpace. 
<laughs> I don't even know if MySpace is still like I don't even know if that's like an actual website anymore. You can follow me on Facebook Jose Vargas on Instagram of course at real Jose Vargas with two S on on my last name. So V A R G A S S Vargas. It's supposed to be with one S, but I got hacked my first account. But that's another note. <laughs> and yeah, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel because it's I got a uh I just started my YouTube channel Jose Vargas. So stay tuned and April twenty fourth. Just make sure y'all y'all watching and, and have popcorn ready and everything else. On that YouTube so. page, before we wrap up, what are we expecting to see on that YouTube page? A lot of uh, working hard training videos and, and living life. Right. When I'm not in camp. When I'm not in camp. Interesting. All right. I think a lot of people will be turning into that as well after that fight. Yeah. Because, so. you know, they, they, they want to see behind the scenes too, right? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yeah. That's why I ask these awkward personal questions because a lot of your fans, like, they want to get to know you more than just what they see. I know. That's why I, that's why I say I'm liking the personal questions you're asking because nobody be asking me that. They don't probably, like I said, they don't be care. They probably don't care to know that, but like you said, you you want you want people to really get to know me, you know? Thank you so much for hopping on a call with me. Uh, best of luck in your fight next week. We'll all be staying tuned. We'll definitely be... Uh, Instagram live and talking about the fight. And uh, yeah, thank you again so much. Egg weights are the only hand weights in the world that conform to your body's natural motion. These weights are a boxing breakthrough. The palm-centered weights are the most balanced, compact, and ergonomic shadow boxing weights in the world. They are specifically designed to flow with any striking form and are amazing tools for building endurance, power, speed, and mental toughness. Egg weights are now the standard for Olympic athletes, professional, and public boxing clubs across the USA and Europe. Get yours now at eggweights.com and use code RebeccaRuber for 10% off. Hydrate, energize, and sleep better with Liquid IV using the science of CTT. CTT enhances rapid absorption of our wellness ingredients into the bloodstream. 50 million servings have been sold. They are gluten-free, no artificial sweeteners, they're vegan, and U.S. order ship-free. I personally have been using Liquid IV since 2019, and all their products not only taste delicious, but they are highly effective. They're great for hydrating before, during, or after an intense workout, needing an energy boost during that 2.30 p.m. crash, and their sleeping products will have you falling asleep within 20 minutes and have you waking up with zero grogginess. Use code RebeccaRuber25 for 25% off your whole order and free U.S. shipping. Goalie gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, and gelatin-free. 100% natural and plant-based. Get all the age-old benefits of apple cider vinegar in a delicious gummy. On top of having the benefits traditional ACV has, Goalie gummies have additional benefits including superfoods, good taste, good smell, better for your teeth enamel, and they're easy to take. Use code RebeccaRubert for 5% off your next purchase. Remember, every purchase using these codes helped the show tremendously, so please consider checking out these products. And if you decide to purchase, take a picture of your order and tag me at Inside the Ring Official for me to repost on my Instagram story. Thank you.